All right, Tim, I'm talking now. All right, folks. Hey, it's uh, Tito at That Happens on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Buckeye Blitz. It is the day before the biggest game of the sea of the year. Ohio State travels to take on that team up north. And before we dive into that game, by the way, I'm at That Happens on Twitter. Find me there at That Happens on Twitter. Before we dive into that game, a few notes. I'm not surprised Ohio State jumped to second in the CFP, the latest college football playoff rankings. They truly are one of the two best teams in the country. And if they went out and Georgia wins out and defeats Alabama like they expect they will, I expect the Buckeyes to be in the same spot in the rankings as they are now. Let's talk about the Big Ten coaching landscape because there were a couple of big moves this week. Um, contracts handed out to Mel Tucker from Michigan State, James Franklin from Penn State. Uh, they both get 10-year deals, which is amazing. And Tucker's deal, fully guaranteed, $95 million over 10 years. Fully guaranteed. Good for Tucker. Uh, good for Franklin on a 10-year deal, who was also mentioned as being, they both were mentioned for the LSU job, potentially USC, lots of big openings, but they both decided Tucker's like, this is a destination job. Don't know if I agree with that or not, but good for Tucker. But here's why it strikes me as interesting. Because I don't think either team can overtake Ohio State in the foreseeable future. And I'm talking the next two to four years. A lot of things can happen, but I think the Buckeyes are in such an autopiloted role right now. And Ryan Day has not given a single hint that he is looking to move on. So that means the Nittany Lions and the Spartans might just be playing for second place in the division. Not the conference, but second place in the division for the next few years. That's a lot of money to throw at a couple of coaches that won't even potentially play in the conference championship game in the near future. So good for Tucker. Like I say, good for Franklin. But I don't think the schools will be pleased with the return on investment, at least in the next few years. All right, let's talk the game. First, congrats to Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, and a fine season for Michigan uh, to this point. They have fulfilled my wish. Every year, I hope both teams are the top 10, and the game comes down to who's going to win the division and represent the, the uh, conference in the Big Ten title game. It's happening now. That's great. The Wolverines are 10-1. and one. Legitimate hype for this game that goes beyond the normal, like, uh, historical excitement for this game. So there's a lot of reason to be excited about this beyond just like, oh, Woody versus Bo and Trestle and Cooper and whatever. Beyond all that, there's legitimate hype for this game. Uh, Michigan's defense is among the top 10 in the country. But if you look at their schedule, take some of the shine off that ranking. They played mostly weak offensive teams, and now they're going against the top team in the country, the number one offense in the country. The only chance Michigan has in this game, in my opinion, the only chance they have is if they can make C.J. Stroud uncomfortable but pressure on him. That's the only chance they have. And Ohio State's allowed just 13 sacks to this point. So, but in the same vein that Michigan hasn't played an offense like Ohio State, Ohio State has a defense like Michigan. It'll be an interesting concept to see what happens when these two teams collide. But that's what makes it so intriguing. Other than all the other stuff, that's what makes this intriguing is that you got Michigan's defense, which is stronger than a team Ohio State's faced this year, and Ohio State's offense, which is stronger than anybody Michigan's defense has faced this year. So we'll see what happens at that. And although the game, look, I don't think will be a blow, there won't be a blowout like the Michigan State game. The Michigan State game was an incredible blowout. Ohio State 49-0 at the half, and Michigan State was, you know, done at that point. But 
the difference is that Michigan, uh, they also like to run the ball, much like Michigan State did. Michigan does not want to throw the ball. They want to be able to run the ball successfully, keep the ball away from Ohio State and do that, just like Michigan State did. Michigan State had one running back. Michigan's got two. They've got a senior, Hassan Haskins. He's 6'1", 220, 1,063 yards on the ground so far, almost five yards of carry. They also have Blake Corum, who's 5'8", 200, a different running back, different style. He missed two games, comes in though still with 778 and six yards of pop. So Michigan doesn't want to have to air it out. Cade McNamara has completed 64% of his passes for 2,142 yards, but the Wolverines' winning recipe is very similar to what it was back in the Bo Schembechler days. Run the ball successfully, keep the ball, maintain possession, and play stout defense. That is what Michigan State's recipe is for winning this game. Will that work? Ohio State C.J. Stroud's completing 71% of his passes for three touchdowns. Think about that. 36 touchdowns, just five interceptions. By the way, he's played 10 games, missed one game with a shoulder injury early in the season. Remember that. So, 346 yards a game, almost 347, 36 touchdowns in just 10 games. The Buckeyes will end up with three 1,000-yard receivers this season. I'm, no doubt about it. As long as everyone stays healthy, three 1,000-yard receivers this season. Leading the way right now, uh, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. 69 catches, 1,132 yards. Garrett Wilson also missed a game. 60 receptions for 939. Chris Olave, 58 for 848. Team high, 13 receiving scores. On the ground, Travion Henderson continues to do a lot with not many touches. He's at nearly 1,100 rushing yards, over seven yards per carry. So the Ohio State offense, I think, will be too much for Michigan's defense. And I'm not saying it'll be the same blowout you saw at Michigan State, but I do think that Ohio State has a decided edge. And although, like I said, Ohio State's not played a defense as strong as Michigan's, Michigan has not played an offense as strong as Ohio State's, I think the difference will be the Buckeyes are so multidimensional. And if you try to take C.J. Stratton out of the game, Trayvon Henderson's going to do something, and their running game will end up causing headaches for Michigan. And if you try to take the running game away from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud and these dynamic, dynamic receivers. Ohio State's got the best receiving group in the country by far. There is no receiving group I would rather take than what Ohio State has right now in the country. They've got guys on their bench that would be stars, as evidenced by what's going on in Alabama, who took an Ohio State receiver and transfer and is the best receiver on that team. Same situation here. The Buckeyes have got guys on their bench that would be stars for top-tier teams. The forecast in Ann Arbor calling for some snow flurries, which could impact things a little bit. But the Buckeyes are just too strong on both sides of the ball. I think the Buckeyes win by at least, at least 14 points and advance to the Big Ten Championship game, get a win there, go to the CFP as a two-seed. I would love to see him play Cincinnati in the first round. That'd be a fun thing to see. Like Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Cincinnati 3, and either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Notre Dame 4, whatever it is. That would be the ideal scenario right there. But I like the Buckeyes in this game, at least 14 points. They're favored by anywhere from 7 to 8.5, depending on where you go. But I think the Buckeyes win by at least 14 points. Let's talk again after the game. We'll see what Ohio State does. But I like the Buckeyes in this game up in Ann Arbor. And uh, look for Michigan to fall to 10-2. And and the Buckeyes advance to the Big Ten Championship game. I'm at Fit Happens on Twitter. Hit me up. Take care. Go Bucks.